Hello and welcome. I am Feral Nifty, a forever artist, a curious listener and observer. Unless that curiosity is required for tech or government forms, then I'm out. And this podcast, Feral Art, was born from that curiosity. And it is not about my art exclusively, despite the name, though I'm quite sure I will interject with my own anecdote every once in a while. It is actually for everyone creative. I have a history of feeling rather scattered and pulled in many directions. And I would like to say it's not FOMO. I don't think I fear missing out. It's more that I just need to know and I need to see and I need to try things, which is probably the very definition of FOMO. But I prefer to think it's uh, like fixated on many options. I have been told on a number of occasions that the wheel has already been invented, but on at least a handful of occasions, I have ignored this fabulous input and gave the wheel's reinvention a go. The success of those attempts varied. It is only relatively recently that I realized I am not scattered and without focus. Well, I can be, but more accurately and more often, I am curious and sensitive. I'm not scattered. I want to learn. I want to do. I want to connect in creativity and in awe. And this takes us to the podcast. The birth was not a live birth, more of an egg. I like the egg style of delivery. It's much less painful. It had to be sat on and considered. It needed warmth and faith. And then at some point it just needed to be booted out of the nest so it could make a chicken scratch mark on the world. And so this is my manifesto. I declare, Feral Art is a place for the wild and untamed creator to come and hear from other creators of any kind and of any discipline. This is the gathering place where ideas, thoughts, and philosophies will be shared. The objective? Cross-pollinating our approaches to our creativity so that we all grow, expand our work, and inspire our curiosity. I'm stoked that you are here to join me. I knew there must be others out there that like me just love all types of creativity and most creators. Uh, my first guest is Gabriel Lipper because he is the person I have had the most long-winded and in-depth conversations with about art and creativity. And since I have always found him interesting, I am going to give him a chance to captivate you as well. The focus mode on my phone is probably like a, a prescription. <laughs> it's like, well, you could try focus mode. And you're like, mm. oh, I don't know. I like the creativity that these constant interruptions bring me. I would like to introduce to you my friend Gabriel Lipper. He is a fabulous painter that studied in representationalism and has recently, not that recently, started incorporating more abstract elements into his work. And it's very exciting. And I know it's exciting for you, Gabe. So please tell us more about this shift. Okay. So let's start over. <laughs> uh, oh no. Okay. So, so, so I've been, I've been, you know, working with obviously painting for, for 
over 25 years. And initially, I really wanted to jump into this idea of getting it right and, and you know, mastering the, the craft. I felt like I had to pay my dues and, and put in the hard knocks. And I got very good at getting very good. I I'm, got very realistic. And, it, and, and then I realized pretty, pretty immediately that there was this, there was a payoff in, in getting it right. But there was also, it also felt a bit like a trap for me. It felt like each time I would come to a painting, I would look for a subject. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I would be copying. I find myself caught in what the subject was instead of how I wanted the painting to feel or look. And, um, so I began to experiment with how I could break that, but it, it's, it was very difficult. The more um, I painted, the more kudos I got for, for, you know, look, that looks just like something. And it was, and so I was in this uh, wrestling match with myself. Uh, I, I loved the accolades of doing something well, and people relate to things that they can understand immediately. So that realism gives you that immediate accolade. And they understand how difficult it is, particularly right. with... Oh, right? I could so never also, do that. I had an aunt yeah, who could exactly. do that. <laughs> you know, that looks just like a photo. I've heard that a million times, um, especially in the earlier work. Those are compliments, right? This is a way of, of, of establishing a relationship with uh, your viewer. But there's another way that is a bit more connective in, in, a, in, a, in a deeper way, I feel. And that's when we start to bring ourselves into the painting. And I've been doing that along the, 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 whole, the whole life of uh, my career. But more recently, I've almost, I'm, I'm enamored by that part. By the, I guess it would be the soul of the painting. So when you say bringing yourself into the painting, you, you haven't become exclusively the subject of your own work. Um, yet. Not, not yet. I'd say it's a thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I mean, we actually, every painter, this is, the, this is something that you, you might want to chew on and you may or may not agree, but I feel like every painter is kind of the subject of their work. Like we're painting it. So whatever we choose, whatever we find attractive, whatever we are interested in painting is coming from us. Um, we're there, whether we like it or not. Right, but it's not necessarily a depiction of yourself. It's more of an internal state. It's a or maybe a, a metaphor or, you know, simile, something. Something's in there, I, I think. Like, whatever subject, or even if it's completely uh, non-representational, if it's, it's abstract in the extreme, what does that say about your personality? What does that say about who you are? I think what we're doing when we're painting is we're telling a visual story, at least about our thought process, if not ourselves. When we shared a, a studio, um, we had two studio mates, and that was always kind of interesting to see how they express themselves in art because it was such a contrast to their actual personalities. We have a fantastic artist friend, Nicole, and she uh, is very organized <laughs> and and put together. And her artwork, she was she was able to in that way to go big and yeah. expressive. And then Corey, go ahead. Oh, well, so yeah, so Corey is a, is, you know, she got her degree in, in fine art and then um, went down that road for quite a few years and then, and then switched, de decided to become a doctor. Now she's an ER doctor. Um, and, and when she comes into paint, she's full-time mom, ER doctor. When she comes into paint, she comes in and explodes with, with, you know, mixed media, everything over the canvas and she's gone. 
she obviously is limited in her time, but what she's able to produce in that short amount of time, I imagine she's a very competent ER doctor is what I imagine because she can solve problems in 45 minutes. Did they have influence on you in this shift or was this kind of your own journey? Yeah, you know, every, everyone has influenced me. You've certainly influenced me as well. But, the, but this, this idea that when you're sharing space with someone and you have a, a, a community, you can't, you know, you see the energy that's, for example, Nicole's a great example. She comes in and just explodes. I've said this already about Corey too, but they're similar in this way. She uses so much paint. She just is unleashing um, all of this pent up energy onto the canvas. And then she gets, you know, back into her white car and drives away. So it's like, so it's interesting how she's got this store of, of passion and creativity that she just gets to like take the cap off of and, and it shows up in such a, um, you know, kind of this primal way. Do you think that your work is now representing you and that that part, a part of your personality uh, more so than it used to? Have you grown into your work? Well, this goes back to this kind of theory around like you're always you. And so when I was painting in a more, uh, maybe a, I guess a reserved or realistic way, I was painting through my insecurities. I was painting with the need to have those external kudos. So that was who I was in that moment. You know, I, I needed that external accolade to, to keep me going. Mm-hmm. Or at least I felt like I did. And so I, so I would do things that I knew would resonate with a, a local audience. I live in a small community. It's not avant-garde per se. It's nice. It's, it's great. It's a little town of Ashland, Oregon. It's a very artsy town. We've got a college and the Shakespearean theater. So we've got a lot. But I have felt like this was a sure way to be recognized. Hey, this guy's an artist. Look what he can do. It, it looks like something I recognize. Yeah, I can relate to that, as you know which is funny because I am sort of big and vibrant often in my personality that I always was pulling back to um, like to find order. It was like I use my art when other people use it as an expression. I also was trying to have it as a place of control. Mm. This is something I can control. I can do this well. I can, you know what I mean? I can get perfect. I can get perfect. Yeah, I really get that. And one thing I discovered along the way with this whole exploration of painting and how it relates to us is is when my life was, you know, feeling out of balance or tumultuous or kind of unhinged, that's when I would start painting landscapes or mm-hmm. street scenes in Italy. It was my, it was like a, my counterweight. It was a way of like anchoring me and, and getting, getting me some med- meditation when I needed it. But if I hadn't traveled for a while, if it was, you know, just Naomi and I going through our, our, the, the motions daily of, of life, then all of a sudden it was bar scenes and chaos. And, uh, and that's what started to come into my painting because that's what fed me, that, that inspired me. You know, this small town guy wants to go clubbing. So he goes <laughs> clubbing in his painting. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting how, how we can use art to, to fill out those pieces that maybe are missing in, in, our, in our regular lives. I think the statement that it was a counterweight will resonate with a lot of people. Like it resonates with me, that idea that I'm like trying to find that balance, but it always comes back to art. It always comes back to creating. 
but it comes in different different ways. The cleanup we had to do before is that uh, <laughs> is that um is because I'm in the chaotic stage again. You know, I'm actually yeah. going out in all directions. So if we didn't have that recorded, Robin had you know piles on the on her studio floor as we all do, and I said, oh no, you can't possibly because <laughs> uh, me being the, the the perfectionist on an on an audio podcast. Exactly. The visuals. He was very concerned about the visuals on this audio podcast. (laughs) So you are in the middle of getting your launch ready for learning to see, which will be the fourth iteration of this course. And what are you doing in prep for that? Well, thank you for asking, Robin. I have a free workshop coming up on the 4th of February here. The 4th, the 6th and the 8th. That's right. Three-day workshop, 4th, 6th and 8th. And I'm I'm really excited about that. It's it's full of information. And I think for a lot of us as artists, we just need a swift kick to get ourselves back in the studio or even just to begin. So many people that I know are massively talented and yet they're holding on to, I don't know if I can. As a matter of fact, not to put myself in the massively talented category, but yesterday... We put you there. Robin was like, the reason you're struggling today, she was, we were talking a bit yesterday, uh, is because you haven't started. Just get in there and start. And I think that's probably one of the most important lessons that any artist can take away. And if when you wake up in the morning and you have any kind of anxiety around, will I, or can I, or should I, or am I even good enough? Start. Mm -hmm. The minute you're in action, those doubts go away because now you're focused on what you need to do. And that was, so that was really helpful, Robin. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's actually really interesting to hear it back from you because I guess as we, we play yin and yang to each other, I have been in the same place. You imposed upon me a deadline. <laughs> and I have seen those deadlines be successful before in you. So I accepted the challenge. It was a pretty short deadline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but that put me into action, right? That's just, that was the thing. Yeah. It was a yeah. help. And as I say, it's great to have that partnership you know, in, in friendship where you have somebody that's going to reflect back to you what you need to hear. Yeah. What did we have this morning? What did you send me? It was very sweet. A horoscope. Right. It said that, it said that we enjoyed uh, talking to each other and that we should uh, meet each other's friends, which I think we may achieve on this podcast. Yeah. Because I know that there are a lot of listeners out there that are going to be uh, listening to Robin and now they will have met a little bit of me and, and vice versa. Well, they all know about you. They just haven't actually met Oh, you. nice. Nice, nice, nice to hear. Well, ditto. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so... You know, one thing I've been I just in talking about getting started, I, I've, I've just full circle back to this idea of like, where's this painting going? Why is it gone abstract? I think for me, what's happened with bringing that abstraction into my work is that I'm, I'm actually integrating. I'm balancing. So instead of it being, okay, I'm over here and my counterweight is my art. Those two parts of me are coming together. And so what that looks like is a bit more abstract. Instead of saying, this is what's missing, let me illustrate it for you. Or this is what I need right now, let me paint it. It's a bit more of me in there on, on the daily. It's, it's, I am more consistent. I am more engaged in the day-to-day of life. And that's coming through in my work. So a lot of what I'm painting right now is kind of reflective of who I am and where I'm at rather than kind of putting it out there in a kind of a more surreal way or a narrative way. That's really awesome. Something to strive for. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. Yeah. 
what do you teach? Like, do you teach people to find a certain type of art, like a reflection of you? Or what are you what are you wanting from your students? Or what do you want to give your students? I just want everybody to model me. I want them, to, I want every picture to come out looking exactly like me. <laughs> and I'm sure they no, will. So I, I, that's not what I want, actually. That's what I've seen a lot of. I think there are a lot of um, instructors out there who can only teach you, a, we all can only teach what we know. But one of the things that I've discovered along the way is that everyone has so much of themselves to offer. And that's what I know. I want to see the artist bring that part of themselves out and put it on the canvas. And sometimes we try to put ourselves in a box. We say, well, maybe if I painted in this style, that would be me. Well, maybe. But the first thing that I think we need to do as artists is give ourselves the tools to choose anything. So if you're inspired one day to paint a tree in a field with a bird on it, you can't, even if it's abstract or representational, however, or if you want to paint a portrait of, of, of a loved one, you can, because you have that ability. And then if you choose to abstract that portrait or go in a completely different way with it, because that's more you, you can do that too. But you're, you're making choices from a place of power. You're not choosing your style based on what you can't do or what you're afraid of trying. Your style's coming from a place of strength that you get to choose what direction you want to take it. And it's really coming from your interest rather than your, your lack. I feel like I keep saying, I love that, but I do. I love that. And I actually feel for myself that over the last three years of us working intensely together with this program, that I definitely feel like I'm approaching things with that. I can do I want to attitude. I can, I can do, you know what I mean? Like, yes, I can do that. I can do that. What, what do I want to right. do? Right now, I feel like I want to do it all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the conundrum, isn't it? You know? Yes. But it's a wonderful feeling. But that's okay too, because just the fact that you can, and you know it, that you can say like, I'd like to go in this direction, or I'd like to go in that direction is a, such a powerful and inspiring feeling. And it helps us get in the studio because we know we can. We're not, we're not holding back. We're not afraid. One technique I have around that kind of overload is just to segment it a little bit, like grab, grab 10 panels and establish for yourself some parameters. This is what this 10 is going to be about. And what's great about that is that this isn't, you're not saying this is who I am. You know, I, now I have to paint like this. This is my new style. You get just to paint 10 paintings and we can pretty much go through this process in our mind through you know, like a series of 10 that solves a lot of the questions that we have around it. And then if we get to that to the end of that series and we want to do another of the same kind of thing, great, but at, we've, we can close it out. It's nice to finish. Yeah. And then we can move on to, the, to another group. You know, by then, for me, my frenetic brain says, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great option and one that I put into practice and really noticed a difference once I was like, this is what it is. I've got the plan. And then I basically, I've got the boxes. Now I just need to put something in each of the boxes. And yeah. like, really big change. I often say limitation is one of the best things you can do for creativity because you're, you want to break out of limitation, right? right? So you limit it down and then you start looking at the same thing so many different ways so that you can make it new. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting, isn't it? When you were, 
limiting yourself. Most artists respond to the idea of limitation as a negative. Like I, that's what I don't want. I want freedom. Mm-hmm. But the best way, I, I think you're right. The best way to discover what your, what your real freedom is about is to give yourself some tight constraints and see how far you can push those constraints. Yeah. It, it really forces us to be creative. Whereas if we have everything at our disposal and we can choose anything, it's really hard to narrow it down at all. Yeah. I really found this with this costume making I have been doing recently. I have been making costumes for a fantastic photographer and everything is pretty much everything is from the reuse it center. So, which is our thrift shop. And what I love, and I didn't know I could love is that when it has to offer me it, right. I have to, it has to be there. There's whatever it Mm -hmm. is. I don't go in with a preconceived idea. I might, but it doesn't mean it delivers though. It kind of always delivers. Uh, and then that's what creates the direction. But I also have only a finite amount of material. If you're picking up a shirt or something, that's all you got. I can't go buy another bolt. And I see this now translating into everything. I love the limitation. The mm. limitation makes me work differently, more creatively. And the results, I don't know, one is recycling. <laughs> that's a cool part. But just the results, I can feel the creativity in them. because. Mm of that limitation. Yeah. It's the idea of maybe of starting small and then, and all of a sudden the fear of the unknown almost gets taken away. These are the tools we're going to be using today. Well, let's, let's see what we can do. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a a really, really freeing process that applies to life, (laughs) you know, just all over. Yeah. Is it probably does. does. Well, uh, well, that's good for me to hear because I know I started small, <laughs> rocking and rolling, and and the limitations get expanded as you as you grow. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Gabriel. Is there anything else you'd like to tell anyone, everyone? Well, just um, be sure to uh, sign up for my free workshop. It's coming up on February fourth, sixth, and eighth, and I would love to see you there. Uh, hopefully, Robin, I don't know if there's a way to put that link in there, but I know you'll have a link. I will do that. And yeah. um, it's going to be a wonderful time. It's free and we get to uh, just dive in. And we're going to be talking about principles and art and painting and maybe a little philosophy in there. So I hope you will join me for that. It's really exciting. It's one of the, my favorite parts of the year. Last year, I think we had over 2,000 people join us for this workshop. And it was a blast. So Robin, thank you so much for having me. This has been exciting. Oh, thank you. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to getting started with you on the workshop February 4th. Thank you so much for joining me on Feral Art. I'm Feral. And I'm also Robin. And you can get the link for the free workshop in the episode description, as well as for my website. I really look forward to doing this again. Much love. I don't know how to stop this thing. (laughs) (laughs) It it just keeps going. Where's the button? There's no stopping it. It's a train. It's a train on tracks. Another day, I won't.